A man is not old until regrets take the place of dreams. John Barrymore I'm afraid to look directly at the mast, not for the fear of the sixty-two-mile-per-hour winds that are ravishing my boat, and not because there's anything wrong with the mast itself, as far as I know. I don't want to look at it for the same reason a little boy averts his gaze when he has to walk past a cemetery. I'm afraid I'll see a ghost. The last time I looked, a minute ago, there was an old woman sitting there with her back against the mast, smoking a pipe, and gazing at me with an unsettling detachment. I have not eaten nor slept in three days, forced to this by a raging storm in the northern Tasman Sea, set to be a slave to the helm. To relinquish control of the boat for even a minute in conditions such as these will mean my death, and I did not come out here seeking death. I can't help it. I look at the base of the mast, and there she is, wrinkled face, clay pipe. What is she? A Quechua woman from Peru? When I look directly into her eyes, she seems friendly enough, and I feel a little foolish for being afraid. Maybe she's here to help me. Please, I say, take the helm just for a little while. She stares at me for a moment as if she doesn't understand. Then she throws her head back and laughs, and then fades away. Heartbroken, I turn away, just in time to see the lights of a massive freighter bearing down on me. In a panic, I yank the wheel around to avoid a collision, look over my shoulder where the ship was, and see nothing but the empty gray sea, boiling and folding over itself in infinity. Oh shit, cause, I say to myself, this trip has quite literally driven you crazy. It all started with a birthday, as these things sometimes will. Some of us happen to hit a birthday marking an age ending in zero, and suddenly, no matter our record of achievement in the decades previous, we discover that we have much more still to prove to the world, by which, of course, I mean prove to ourselves. It gives me no great pride to report that my seafaring adventure was born from a classic three-quarter life crisis. I should have been perfectly content with what I had accomplished in life, and, in fact, I thought that I was. I had a beautiful family, a successful career, and a lovely home with never-ending views of the Pacific Ocean. I had worked hard my whole life, always holding down two or more jobs at one time. Growing up in Michigan, I had watched my parents toil for thirty-five dreary years at the local Ford Motor Company factory, so I knew what drudgery was, and I was determined not to let it creep into my life. I didn't mind working hard, which my folks had certainly instilled in me, but I sought fulfillment, not just security. Standing on the manicured lawn of my Southern California home, hitting golf balls into Bluebird Canyon, my canyon, I felt that I had arrived. Then came my sixtieth birthday. The funny thing was, birthdays number forty and fifty had barely registered with me. Sure, they hadn't been causes for ecstasy the way birthdays are when you're a kid. Whoopee, one year closer to death. But I had taken them in stride. Sixty was completely different. In the days leading up to the milestone birthday, I was actually looking forward to getting to share this event with my loved ones. Sally, my fiancée of five years, had put together a party, sure to be filled with laughter and joy. All four of my daughters— Kelly, Carrie, Casey, and Katie joined us with my eight grandchildren, four boys and four girls. 
Kelly and Casey traveled from their homes in Colorado, and Carrie and Katie drove up the I-5 freeway from San Diego. A few of my closest friends also joined in the celebration. As the party was getting underway, I stood and gazed appreciatively on the scene. Our wonderful golden retriever, Sedona, was milling about the backyard, sniffing curiously at the tables decked out with white tablecloths, fancy napkins, and party hats. There were colorful clusters of balloons floating above the tables, many of them with references to the -the over-the-hill gang. Behind the balloons, like a friendly old giant, lolled the great Pacific Ocean, from Dana Point to the Palos Verdes Peninsula. A caterer was serving appetizers, and a smartly dressed bartender stood ready to supply us with drinks. I was pleased to note that he was armed with a large bottle of Malibu rum, which is my all-time favorite.